so many ideas I had for the next this next show, and I've been really eager to do them. And I keep on trying to find the time, but man, something's always coming up. So I finally just snuck away down here to a little gravelly beach on the edge of Capitol Lake, which isn't really a lake. It's a former mud flat estuary, something or other that the Army Corps engineer dammed up and make a reflection pool for the Capitol Dome. But that's a whole other story. Right now, the clouds are coming in. It looks like impending rain from one side, but nice and bright and blue on the other. It's a little bit windy, but not as windy as the other day when I was down here for Hempfest and stuff was blowing all over the place. But anyway, there's people jogging, people riding in bikes, there's birds around, there's some old driftwood, and I'm excited to read a little bit more to you. You know, I got a whole bunch of new music that I, a friend burned from some old cassette tapes, some great jazz, and some other stuff that I'm looking forward to using. But because I'm so eager to get something going, I'm going to skip that and read from this edition of Confessions by Jean-Jacques Rousseau. I've been hauling around for several days now, eager to read it. It was another big inspiration for me to do my Letters from Russia project, so I'll also bust out some of that and play some more of that Tchaikovsky's 1812 Orchestra um, yeah, overture, pardon me. And so begins another session of mixing metaphors and tripping over my own tongue on postcards from a gravelly beach, number six. Reading from Jean-Jacques Rousseau's Confessions, I'm going to jump right into this. This woman, whom I loaded with care, attention, and little presence, and whose affections I was exceedingly anxious to gain, by reason of my utter inability to succeed, was the only cause of trouble in my little establishment. For the rest, I can say that during these six or seven years, I enjoyed the most perfect domestic happiness that human weakness can permit. My Teresa's heart was that of an angel. Intimacy increased our attachment, and we daily felt more and more how perfectly we were made for each other. If our pleasures could be described, their simplicity would appear ridiculous. Our walks, tete-a-tete, outside the city, where I spent my eight or ten sous magnificently in some beer house, our little suppers at the open window, at which we sat opposite each other on two low chairs placed upon a trunk which filled up the breadth of the window niche. In this position, the window served as as a table. We breathed the fresh air. We could see the surrounding country and the passers-by. And although we were on the fourth story, we could look down upon the street while we ate. Who could describe, who could feel the charm of these meals, at which the dishes consisted of nothing more than a quartern loaf of coarse bread, a few cherries, a morsel of cheese, and half a pint of wine, which we shared between us. Friendship, confidence, intimacy, tranquility of mind, how delicious are your seasonings. Sometimes we remained there till midnight without thinking of it, or suspecting how late it was until the old lady informed us. But let us leave these details, which must appear insipid or ridiculous. I have always felt and declared that it is impossible to describe true enjoyment. Skipping ahead to an entirely different section, Accordingly, I, in a measure, took leave of my generation and my contemporaries, and said farewell to the world by confining myself within this island for the remainder of my days. For such was my resolution, and it was there that I hoped at last to be able to carry out the grand scheme of a life of idleness, to which I had hitherto devoted in vain all the little energy which heaven had bestowed upon me. This island should be my papimania, that happy country where one sleeps. This something more was everything for me. 
for I have never much regretted the loss of sleep. Idleness is enough for me, provided that I have nothing to do. I much prefer to dream awake than asleep. As the age for romantic schemes was over, and the incense of vain glory had rather made me giddy than flattered me, there remained nothing for me, as a last hope, but a life free from restraint, spent in perpetual leisure. This is the life of the blessed in the next world, and, from this time forth, I fixed upon it my supreme happiness in this. That was Jean-Jacques Rousseau from the Confessions of Jean-Jacques Rousseau. And what Rousseau really brought to the table was the importance of transparency. And during the French Revolution, he was encouraging people to really figure out who they were and share that with the rest of their world, warts and all, in order to show that they were human beings and control of their own destiny and themselves. And uh, as such, French Revolution, Bastille, yada, yada, yada. There's some other great passages in there, so I may revisit that on a future show. It's really one of my favorites, and I have a really cute green edition of it. Did I just call one of my books cute? Anyway, hey, next up, I'm going to read uh, the next letter or two from Letters from Russia. April 8th, 1812, in camp near Vienna, Austria. Chez Genevieve. Again, I spent all day gazing at clouds while I wandered the camp, thinking of you and us. Remembering long lunches in second-story cafes, peeking below at passers-by, guessing their stories. Where are they going? What do they do? Their secrets or their names. Thinking of our future, perhaps a small country house where you'll teach at a school, and I'll go bald and tend to radishes. Or maybe I'll grow my shop and train apprentices, but honestly, I'm not sure I want to force a profession on someone unless it's really what they want to do. Rather, I want to be the one who encourages others to find their essential nature, to explore their desires and predilections without shame. Honestly, to make their way in the world without hindrance, fear, or influence from church or state. Being from a merchant family, I'm somewhat awkwardly stuck between the so-called nobles, clergy, and others suckling wastefully from the labors of others. And those others being the peasants reduced to shame by the Sun King, who shown nothing but scorn for those who produced the wealth of France. But neither class care for the traders and crafters, both fearing and envying our limited political influence. No matter, such a world is not mine to decide. Though I have endless choices before me, I know only one choice to make, and that is you. You, Genevieve, you are the joy that sustains me, the antidote for the venom of, venom of fear. With the vigor of our love, I will keep safe in my task so as to return to you whole. Affectionately, Henri. April 15th, 1812. En route in Austria. Mon chéri we are on the move now, a tremendous length of soldiers on foot, trudging with their packs and sleek, polished weapons. Others plumed in comical hats, proud on horses that seemed indifferent to the rank of their riders and more impressed with their own importance. Since my last letter, the camp became a flurry of activity as we readied to move through Austria quickly and on into Prussia, Poland, then Russia, who, will continue who continued to allow British ships into port despite Napoleon's blockade. Austria, now defeated again, will march along with us, with the Italians, Dutch, Polish, and more forces from 20 European countries unified under France. I wonder how they feel about their conscription by an enemy, but 
Such things are not discussed. Dissent is grounds for persecution and ridicule. My aim is to avoid both and thus consider my thoughts alone. My hope is Napoleon will not drag this campaign deep into Russia for his own selfish reasons, that of keeping me far away from your slender giving arms for any longer than absolutely needed for the greater re the republic. It is you that is important to me. Yours, Henri. All right, that was letters what, three and four from Letters from Russia. You can find the whole text of it if you want to follow along at home at www.uncleweed.net, along with all my other stuff, including some paintings of Gravelly Beach to go along for your listening pleasure. Hey, so today's episode of Postcards from Gravelly Beach was brought to you by the letter T, the word symposium, and the beverage Darjeeling Tea. Next show, I'm going to bust out the smoking new jazz tracks I got recorded by Joe Williamson at All in Banff and read a little bit of free verse well, from myself and some other favorites. In closing, here's the final paragraph from Jean-Jacques Rousseau's Confessions. Thus, I concluded the readings of my confessions, and everyone was silent. Madame Degemont was the only person who appeared to be affected. She trembled visibly, but she quickly recovered herself and remained silent, like the rest of the company. Such were the results of this reading and my declaration. This is Devo, and this is Postcards from Gravelly Beach, out from Oli.